Hello everybody and welcome to the Game Club podcast. I am Michael, I'm joined of course again by Matt. Hello. And Adrian. Hey. And today, in the Game Club, we've been playing for the past two weeks, the fabulous indie game One Shot. What a game. What a game. Um, and we'll get to that talking about that, uh, of course, a bit later. First, let's talk about some of the latest news. And Oh, actually, first, before I wanted to do news, I figured uh, this would be a fun little thing to do is um, discuss any extra thoughts we've had on the previous game. So, for example, Banjo-Kazooie we did last week. I've actually played that on an N64 uh, since then. And in really? re- regards to our comments on the controls and the, the thought that maybe it works better on an N64 controller, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it was uh, still no. just as clunky um so that answers that question <laughs> well that's good i haven't thought about that game again i i had one fleeting thought i was like maybe i should finish banjo kazooie and then i thought no and then i lived the rest of my life happily <laughs> <laughs> but something like banjo kazooie did come out this week Ukulele finally got a release after its uh, wonderful Kickstarter campaign. That's right, yeah. Uh, have Man, what they get? It? 2.5 million, I think they got. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have not played it. No, I haven't played it either. I haven't got it. I backed it and I have it downloaded, but I haven't got around to playing it yet. Um, I've backed any... it. Yeah? Uh, but I'm waiting for Switch to come out. I don't believe it's come out yet for the Switch. Uh, yeah, see, I'd already like... Uh, chosen the Steam version, and now I wish I'd gone like waited and gone Switch, but it's too late. Um, has anyone heard anything particular about it or anything? Well, one of our friends Bad described things. it as everything she wanted. So, <laughs> I guess that's that's high praise. That's, that's yeah, all of praise. our mu- mutual friend, isn't it? That you're talking yes. about. Yeah. Okay. See, that's the only good thing. That's the only source that has said to me, ukulele is good. Everything else, every review website, YouTuber that has touched ukulele has said, I wish I was playing Banjo-Kazooie. Interesting. I, uh, I've heard that it's like, it's good and it's nostalgic, but it's not great. Like, it's okay. It's a good like time, but it's not like, yeah, it's not as good as Banjo-Kazooie, which is weird. <laughs> That's true, but I don't know, like, I I seem to think that one of the reasons we do, like, we're doing this podcast is, like, I don't know how to feel about critics anymore. Mm. I much prefer what we do. I much prefer, like, a discussion. Like, I don't think, like, Kotaku, if we use them, I don't think they give a final score and things like that. No, not really. Mm. They just say... Like, put this many hours in, did this. So, like, an IGM or a GameSpot, say, gives Ukulele, like, a 6 out of 10. That's still an above-average game. But those yeah, numbers really have a big impact. But those numbers don't, like, mean anything anymore because these days, a, like, a 5 out of 10 is bad and a exactly. 9 out of 10 is okay. You know, these a lot of review sites, it's like escalation kind of thing. Mm. The numbers have like lost their actual value and people don't want to play anything below a seven. Whereas statistically, a five out of ten should be okay. It should be on the very middle of what a game, what you expect in a game. It's a bit like parents and uh, test results. You know, 50% is a pass. So if you get for 50, you should, they should be happy. But they're like, no, you didn't get 70. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of like that. Um, any other news worth mentioning? Um, the you know how there was the leak. So last episode we talked about the leak of the Battlefront Two trailer. Yes. Um, and now the Battlefront Two trailer leaked. Um, the actual trailer leaked. The whole trailer. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Have Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I've seen people talking about it but i, haven't I seen believe it images. has i believe it has since been taken back from by ea we're like whoops sorry about that um but it actually that i think they listened to our podcast because it sounds like it's it's all eras prequels 
um, original, mm, um, I, I suppose, the new trilogy. Um, I saw Yoda versus Darth Maul in a picture, I think. Yep. And it seemed very, like, spin-off story detailed. It was a narrati- narrated by a woman stormtrooper that was explaining how they had to avenge the Emperor. And so it kind of seemed like a storyline to tie the original trilogy uh, into the new one. And I know I've gone off script, so sorry about that if I'm going to timing (laughs) for everything. This makes me think, though, that, like, so the one from last year, two years ago, um, was just the original trilogy and then Battle of Jakku. So, what was the point of that? Like, really? I think the point of that was money, a lot of it. Is it was it like a big tech demo as well? Like, if if we can do it, then the next one will do properly. I think it was. I think it was um, the fact that people don't like the prequels, and there's not too much content in terms of the new trilogy. They were probably just like, "We'll stick to the originals. Everyone loves the originals. You can't go wrong." Now, I haven't played Battlefield, um, but I just think it was more or less a skin for Battlefield, but with less gravity with the bullets. Because I know on Battlefield, the bullets actually do go downwards, but <laughs> the la- laser bolts don't. And I think that it was essentially, like, more for Battlefield fans from, from what I've garnered. I think a few, like, a lot of the mechanics are different from my experience. Like, you have, like, pickups. For, for the heroes, but you don't. There's nothing like that in battle uh, battlefield. There's like a more arcadey battlefield, I more guess. casual. Yeah. Yes. yeah, man, I remember those trailers though for the battlefield uh, battlefront, and they, those were they were amazing. I think I teared up. There was one of them where it was technically, I think it was a PlayStation ad, but it had Star Wars, and it was just a uh, man at his office, and he's reliving being a child, pretending to play Star Wars with his friends, with imagination. But now as an old man, he doesn't have imagination, but what he does have is a PlayStation 4 with Star Wars Battlefront. And that's all you need. That is all you need. So, so uh, I think Nintendo's direct update thing was today? Yes, I haven't seen it yet myself. The only thing I've seen from it is... uh, like the release date for Splatoon 2 is June-ish. Um, and something about a cooperative horde mode uh, is going to be in the game. Uh, now, you guys know I'm a, I loved um, Splatoon 1 until my save data disappeared. Uh, so I'm keen I remember two. that. <laughs> and, me and me and Matt both have played uh, the, the beta, or what do they call it? The test fire. Uh, on the on the switch, we were uh, trying to play a game together. It didn't work. Yeah, there's, there was no party system. We were just queuing up at the same time in hopes not too many people playing, which kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting that many people to play. To I wasn't honest. expecting that many um, Western people because in Splatoon One, like a lot of the games are just like characters of a language I do not understand. But then it's like, hey, I'm playing with Tony and Steve. What's going on? So it looks like the release date is July 21st. Yep, and it's in July with a new horde mode. So that'll be interesting. I'm keen to see yeah, what they add to the game aside from, like, are they still going to have a single-player story? Um, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of is that they're going to drop that, which was actually, I think, I really enjoyed that because doing that whole single-player story really uh, enabled me to figure out the whole motion controller functionality. Yeah. Coming back to that on the test fire demo was really confusing. Yeah, people was actually saying that it was like a whole other like system. Like some people were saying, you know, if you're using the sniper, it feels the same. But if you're using the splatter shot, then it feels completely different. I don't know how true that is because I did not try using the sniper at all because I'm a pleb and cannot aim. Yeah, I pretty much t- tested... Um... Like I tested all of them on both day or both sessions I was there for, but like I did the sniper like once and was like, yeah, no, I can't. Do yeah, nope. Uh, and then I think I stuck with the paint roller and the other the splatter. I shot, liked I the duelies. The duelies were new and good. I, for co- me. I couldn't get them, man. I just couldn't like the whole rolling thing. Um, was cool, 
And I <laughs> took me a while to actually realize that you have like bombs and the mines and all that kind of stuff that you can throw out. Um, but yeah, that like all the other little extra mechanics. I, I I imagine they're not tied to the weapons like they were in the demo. No, I don't think that they are because I'm pretty sure in Splatoon One you still had separate bombs and secondary. Um, I don't know weapons. I guess. Yeah, like your your alternate fires or, or ultimates. I guess. Looks like they also announced a bunch of other games that are going to come to the Switch, like Payday Two. Oh really? yeah, I heard that. Yeah, Payday I've Two for the that. Switch. That's <laughs> interesting. I can't believe they're still going with that game. I yeah. just downloaded like another gig update for it. I'm like, holy, sh- move on. Like, where's Payday Three? <laughs> like, yeah, you know my thoughts on Payday Two. I so. used to love Payday Two until it just became DLC, the game. Legitimately, that's what it is. But I guess that if that's the trade-off, like you say, move on to Payday, payday Three. If a developer in this circumstance goes, no, we like Payday 2, we want to support Payday 2, then, of course, it just becomes all about adding to it. You know, like, su- like, WoW is effectively just WoW, and they you just keep slapping on a new thing onto the end of it. Yeah, but it was never... I mean, there was... Yeah, there was a few missions and stuff. I mean, but after a while, it was just gun packs and grenades and more gun packs. That's true, like cosmetic thing mask pack yeah and um i the one thing that surprised me most about um i think it's star breeze or overkill studios whoever does it now um i'm surprised they stuck with the game after their um big controversy over adding um loot boxes with like um weapon mods in them and stuff because like people backlashed hard on that and I would have expected, like, like someone like Ubisoft or EA to just drop the game, be like, "Well, we'll just do the third one, like, fresh," and then everyone, no one will remember. But they've stuck with that game, man. And I, I like, I'm, I'm really curious how well, how much money it's making for them, because I know the game made back. I pre-ordered it, and I know it made back money, like it, it paid back its uh, development costs uh, just in pre-orders, which is insane. Uh, mm. So, I'm, like, it must be absolutely rolling in dough to be still going. Sorry, I'm caught on something you said earlier. Did you just say Ubisoft instead of Ubisoft? Ubisoft. Okay. Ubisoft. I, I thought you said like Ubisoft, like Ubisoft. a German, like mm, the soft. Speaking of Ubisoft, we know what kind of relationship they had with the Wii U. Um, Rayman's is coming to the Switch. <laughs> oh, yay. Rayman Legends Definitive Edition is going to be on the Switch. Did it ever make it? To the Wii U. Yeah. Rayman Legends, yeah. It did, yeah. but it was a big delay. Yes. It must but have it, been, yeah. Um, I can't remember. Yes, I played Rayman Legends on the Wii U, so I know that it exists. And it's a, it is a solid platformer. It's a very good game. But at the moment, the Switch, yeah, is like this combination of, I don't know, like smaller titles as well as trying to... <laughs> reward like nintendo only fans being like sorry you stuck with us for a while here's payday 2 here's skyrim <laughs> you know here's rayman yeah like catch up i feel like what they need to do is actually just start it start somehow porting um well they can't port 3ds games but i think that's what they need to start doing is start selling um hey you know what we this is a portable portable games but then they can't just go back and grab you know, Pokemon X or Y because you need the bottom screen. Yeah, that'd be hard for DS games. But I think they don't want to be, be have it become just the portable device because they already have that. That is the 3DS. They want to make it like it's your console you can take with you. So that's yeah, why that is true. They're bringing like that's probably why they're bringing something like Skyrim and Payday Two. These like console titles to it because they're like you can take it with you. Like really cement game. it. Yeah, that it's like it's still a console gaming console. <laughs> I feel that like Monster Hunter, the next Monster Hunter, it goes on the Switch. That will help them like big oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah, I- I'd be in that. If they had Monster Hunter, Animal Crossing, and Pokemon on the Switch, that that would be it for like a very specific uh, Nintendo. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, not a Nintendo fanboy, but, like, the existing Nintendo audience. 
they would all jump on that so quickly if it was Monster Hunter, Pokemon, and Animal Crossing. I wonder if um, if the next Pokemon games in the series, I can't remember what we're up to now, but if they were like the next ones, instead of putting them on 3DS or the next handheld, they put it on the console, would that be the killer app? Because I think, I mean, there's a lot of Zelda fans and Zelda sold a lot of Switches, but I feel like Pokemon could almost sell more than oh, Zelda. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that. Um, I think if you look at the way that they've kind of been developing the Pokemon games, I mean, X and Y, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and I almost forgot Sun and Moon, they are kind of like getting kind of closer in a lot of aspects uh, to Stadium which was a console game. So I feel like that's just the natural... Like, console uh, Stadium wasn't a fully-fledged Pokemon game, but it was a Pokemon console game, so I think this is going... Like, this is prime time for that jump. That would be good. I did like Pokemon Stadium. I think it's the only... Like, I, even though I don't like... I'm not a fan of turn-based combat, it was still more enjoyable as a kid, and I don't... No, why exactly? Now that I think about it, because yeah, it's still turn-based, but there's something about because you got to see it. Yeah, that's turn-based like yeah, inherently bad. Huh? Turn-based combat isn't inherently bad. No, it no. is if you're Adrian. But I, I don't enjoy it. That's what I'm saying. Um, so the fact that I enjoyed Pokemon Stadium, um, it still being a turn-based game is just just then intrigued me. Shall we get into the game for this week? We should. That game is One Shot, chosen by me last week. Do you want me to go on a bit of background to why I chose it? Sure. sure. Confirmation from both of you, that's good. <laughs> um, well, I, I... Okay, so... We've both, we've all, we've all played it now, so we, I, I can start to talk about it. I only knew, also spoilers, because if, if oh, you yeah. play this game, gonna warn. don't listen. Uh, it is At worth a playthrough. It, it doesn't take too long. Um, I can check my Steam if I have to, but I'd say four to five, four to six hours for for full playthrough. Yeah. Um, okay, so now that we're out of spoilers, um, I only knew that the character Nico knew of you. As a person, I didn't know about the the meta puzzles and the the computer side of it. So that was really awesome. And so the stuff about Nico was what uh, intrigued me first. Um, and then the meta puzzles were a bonus. So I saw it um, ages ago, I think when it first came to Steam uh, on a news website. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I like never got to it because I'm a busy gamer. Uh, but then... I saw the update, the, the, the same uh, news company uh, posted about the update and I was like, well, I might, might as well use the opportunity of the podcast to play a new game that sounds exciting. Uh, so that's how I found out about it and I chose it and overall, I enjoyed it. I quite liked it. I also enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm not sure if I enjoyed it as much as you though, but I was... I think the best word for it was intrigued. As soon as I started this up, I was like, I need to finish this. I need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and some of the puzzles and the way that the segments are made, I actually was like, uh, you know what? I'm going to sleep in tomorrow because I need to stay up and finish this little segment. Yeah. It definitely drew me in and was like, uh, yeah, I just had to keep going like, what yeah i want to get to the the tower and i want to put the sun up there and i want to see what happens i when i first saw it a piece of me was like ah an indie game good yes but i don't know if you felt this way but it feels like it's like it's it's really pushing it like it's it really wants to like be be viewed as more than that kind of indie 2d kind of game it's in what way in that it's it's visual style is is very good oh yeah it's got a very good style, yeah. stylistic visuals 
and this the soundtrack in terms of the atmosphere that the music creates as well as little nuances with the like i guess the game's foley like walking around you know the actual yeah, diegetic like sounds some yeah, sheep like some sheep yeah <laughs> anyone else like as soon as that happened, like that spinning sheep, I talked to him. I'm like, this is something about the game. I have to, I have to figure out what this is in the game, <laughs> and it's not anything. <laughs> it's not after, but it's kind of something. If it's you, a fun little Easter egg, I suppose. Yeah, it's a fun Easter egg. It's an achievement, is what it is. Uh, after playing through that first area, I thought, like, oh, this is like this is super polished. This- yeah, yeah, it's well like put together. Mm. There's no. Uh, there's no loose ends, and then from a play yeah. at the end. then from the gameplay point of view, it's it's kind of selling point. I don't want to call it a gimmick. It's sort of ingeniousness. Its point of difference just adds to that polish. That they're doing they're doing something that I haven't ever played before. Yeah, yeah. I think the closest thing I haven't played Undertale, but from what people are saying is, like, this takes an element of Undertale, even though I think this came out before it. I think um, so. Yeah, this takes an element of Undertale and then like skyrockets it into something way better, way different, I should say rather. So I think we should go through the the areas first. For example, so so the first area. Let's talk about the house first. The way you wake up. Raise your hand if you had trouble figuring out the first damn puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Um, the like the very first one with the remote. Yeah. That took me a little bit. I but as soon as I interacted with the window, um, everything steamrolled up until I got into the barons. Yeah. The, yeah, specifically the remote one took me too long, longer than I'd like to admit. Hmm. Um, you know why I went to the window? Like after trying many different things, my brain thought, I've got the remote, the only light is coming through the window, and then I thought, oh, perhaps there's a television creating that light? Oh, yeah. So I thought I was going to actually use the remote. Perhaps the window is a television in the war. It's four LCD screens, it's not a window. (laughs) I do know, though, because I played the beginning, that little area twice, that code changes yes it does so you have to do the puzzle to find the code to log on to the computer yeah you can't just whack on it no whereas a later puzzle is usually the same yeah most of them are i believe uh well there's some that changes the ones that rely okay so i mean you don't know this because you haven't played but the second time round that you get to the safe that's a different code. Okay. Yeah, I I remember getting to that safe like, bitch, I know what's going on here. Click, do, wrong code. Dang. All right. I'm going to find the computer to, you know. Tell me what to do. Tell Yeah. So the next thing that happens after you do the remote is you log onto the computer and that's when the, um, I guess, fourth wall breaking starts to happen. Yeah. And, okay, so when it starts talking to you, I was like, Okay, I was talking to a friend while I was playing it, and they're like, oh, yeah, have it in, in windowed because things happen. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and then it started, the pop-up started coming, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And it took me, like, as I was, I just kind of read them and started clicking through fast enough, and I kind of skipped over the fact that it said my name. Like, it said Adrian, <laughs> and I kind of, like, I did the computer version of a double take where I clicked okay, and I was like, what? No, open that back up. Did that just say my name? I think it did. <laughs> the uh, funny thing is with the pop-up is that as soon as the first one appeared, <laughs> my antivirus <laughs> uh, just went, no, 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 no. It just yeah. took the executable and chucked it in the vault. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said, yeah, my my antivirus thinks this is a virus, I, th- I thought you hadn't even gotten to that part yet. I thought you just, like, installed it. And I was like, yeah, I can see why, because this goes into your computer. Uh, yeah so i was really i was initially really worried but as soon as it did that it kind of broke it for me because i was like oh i know what it's doing before even properly seeing it happen yeah 
because it did it like straight away like there was going to be something and then it just jumped in front of the way and killed it and i was like oh there's something going on here don't worry michael i have your back so basically because we're speaking i guess we're speaking because we all know what's going on and we hope you do if you've elected not to play the game we're talking about how the game uses your computer's information to find out things like your name to interact with you the player I think that's all it points out. Like, it doesn't figure out your birthday or your favorite color no, no, no. or anything. It's just searching for that, and it also wants access, as we'll see soon, it wants access to particular areas of your computer yeah. to place files. I was worried because um, my game, I installed it on a separate hard drive, not to the same the C drive, mm. where Steam games usually are. So I was worried that kind of screwed it up, but it didn't. So it's all yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, I loved... I loved the the interaction with like me and i it would have been really cool to expand upon that more even like just talking to nico mm. like and like when he's talking about the pancakes and you're like yeah i like pancakes it would have been cool to expand yeah, the, more on stuff like that there were no repercussions of any of those conversations yeah. um so there's one point in the barrens where you see like a piece of electronics and then it prompts um like you to say um, you either stay silent or you say, hey, Nico, talk like a robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Nico gets embarrassed, but then there's no repercussions afterwards. There's no, like, you I know. I, the repercussion they were trying to um, instill is, like, feeling bad. I felt bad. I don't know why. He's not yeah. real, but they've built up this connection like he is real. All the interaction comes down to the final choice. I felt like, like we won't get to it just yet, but there's a part yeah. in the refuge where I felt like it has no other purpose than to simply like push some more story. Like it didn't make any sense. Mm. We'll get to it soon, but so much of it was about your relationship with Nico cat, the cat boy that it doesn't, there's yeah, there is no in game repercussion. There is, an exterior repercussion mm, that you yeah. you kind of feel yourself. The game doesn't implement the 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 ramification you you implemented on yourself. Yeah, almost. Um, so the barons, um, the puzzles there were kind of uh, compl- not complicated, but like really pushing like knowing where things are and putting like linking them together, like pulling. Um, Something breaking down one of the pieces or something like using stuff in your own inventory. Yeah, I couldn't put together. Like it took me too long. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, it was the very start of the Barons that he, it was just it's very expansive, um, and because the way that it's built up, it kind of makes it really hard to know if you've missed something. And yeah. so I just was a. Con- like running around back and forth you know there's an area with the gas that you can't go through until you've got the gas mask i'm like not sure if i've done that i'm not sure if i need to go down this cave tunnel can i do that i feel like i should be able to do that but i can't do that yet um and there's just kind of things like that where it i feel like there could have been possibly like a mini map of the entire mm, area that, that yeah that could and even illustrate if you know like maybe it's very small it's a light blue but if you've got all the items in that area it turns a darker shade just so that you can be like okay so it's definitely not here i've still got something to do over there um i think there was just something um there was just one thing and i asked you i'm like Am I missing something? And you just told me, keep keep on trucking, kiddo. And I think it was something as ridiculous as a screwdriver that you used to pop out a lens in a yeah. camera. And as soon as I got that screwdriver, um, I jumped into the making uh, acid. No, that rust. Yeah. The, the de-ruster. The, yeah. But that one was complicated, but at the same time, I found it really quick and easy to do in comparison to finding a screwdriver yeah <laughs> well it's the nature of it's it it's also an adventure game yeah that is true and so they're not going to tell you outright because 
they want you to adventure. They're trying, yeah, they're tr- they're trying to make you explore. And this is another thing I also realized later in uh, the refuge in the third area. Um, they like they really want you to explore. They they give you like a puzzle reason to. Back in the barrens, that gas area where to make that rust thing, that was the one I had the problem with because I couldn't find that bubble of the yeah phosphor S- special phosphor yeah because where it was seemed like the walkway to the low enough gas that Nico can collect, so it's not coming out of a big spout it's just coming out of the ground mm. yeah yeah those two little walkways off to the left looked exactly the same i was just walking past it going now that's where the gas is and ignoring it there was oh, no yeah. getting it confused so what i wanted a bit more of was i like visual markers to tell me because it is a minimal sort of art style nothing was standing out to say hey this is different this is a different way so then it became it became this hug a wall, walk everywhere puzzle. Yeah, when you with that desperation point where you're just like, I'll just stick to one wall and just keep going around the map until I find something new. Yeah. And then eventually you say, ooh, something shiny. You go over there and you lose your spot completely and have to start all over again. And the uh, dormitories look the same as well. Yeah. And the... Uh, um, Subway cars, they look the same in the Barrens. But they could be deliberate, I guess. Yeah, I guess. In the Barrens, they're going like, this is a big wasteland. This is Nico's first, like, area in this world. He is lost. And trying to show how lost he is, yeah. Yeah, and so are you in this one. The puzzles, this, I think this area had the most puzzles, long-winded sort of Mm. puzzles, and the biggest area to explore. See, but yeah. I think, you know, they could is- illustrate how large it is, but at the same time, I feel like they could they could still have had it in a smaller area, like when you consider, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of this second area. The Glen. The Glen, that's right. You consider the Glen, and you compare that to the Barrens, you know, I actually feel like that there's more substance to the Glen. Um, and I do get that the barons are barren as the namesake, but you know you don't have to make the game barren in order to show that it is barren in the universe. So the Glen was the next area. Mm. I think this is the point in the game where it started to linear out a bit and like narrow down because the I think I spent like. 40% of my time in the Barrens and then like 30, uh, probably like 20 in the Glen and 20 in the Refuge. Like the Glen was very quick for me. I expected another while in there, but the puzzles were pretty straightforward. It's like, oh, they're talking about the the, the, the the brother and sister or you find the brother and sister, the brother, you go find the sister in the temple and then like that's straight, it was so straightforward compared to the Barrens. But this was the point that the meta puzzles started really coming to their own, I found. Ooh, like, yeah. oh, so that puzzle, um, there's a puzzle where you have to light up the tiles and it changes your background picture to the answer. And it's like, oh, boy. I like I jumped with excitement when I saw just, because um, it's windowed, but I still had the puzzle covered. And yeah. so the, just seeing my background change and that anticipation, I was like, oh, boy, what is this? Yeah, that, that, that moment only like made me jump a little as well because it scared me. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Was that the only meta puzzle uh, in the Glen? Yes. I think that was the only meta one in the Glen. Was there just one in each area or, like... One or two, because the barons had one. What was the one in the th- in the um, refuge? One in the refuge was. We'll get to it soon, but it involves moving the window around. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, I think it's it's one per per area. But there's another one that I'm thinking of to keep it special, and, and that's the X. That's the other puzzle. 
is the ah, X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true, yeah. I'm being ambiguous in case we want to detail it further in our podcast. Well, we can move on to the next area if we're finished discussing the Glen. Well, I was just going to say I agree, but at the same time, I feel like it was just more that your mindset was now on it. Because some things still didn't exactly, like, shout themselves to you. Like, I never once said, of course, I need to go to the town and speak to the people. I went, hmm, maybe I need to go to the town and speak to the people. Yeah. Like, starting the Glen was a little, like, where am I going? I guess just towards the the middle, yeah, towards the of, refuge. Yeah. But, like, the- once you walked into the forest and you found the brother looking for the sister it was all pretty straightforward from there i feel the boat guy tells you the the robot (laughs) the the robot Uh he says first go to the village which is to the north and the forest is to the south well see i ignored him i'm sorry robot but i ignored him it was your robot oh no but this was where this like it was good like it becomes a part of it, and it's really good. But it's the, it's an initial sort of uh, gear change, not only in like a visual sense to go from somewhere so bleak to somewhere like bright and colourful, but you now have characters that are not robots. And I found it kind of odd that they were so on board with Nico being the saviour. Like, I understood the robots because they're almost designed to recognize him, particularly the prophet one. It's yeah, like, yep, you are, you are the savior, you are the messiah. But all the people have zero problem as well. And yeah. in Refuge, there's better interactions. But in the Glen, they're all just like, oh, hey, messiah, can you do this? I like how they just instantly notice you as the messiah. Yeah. Like, well, no. I suppose you are carrying the sun. True. But it's just a light bulb, and I would, I would assume that the humans in this world. Well, because it's yellow don't. phosphor, they would be like, "Well, hang on, that's not that ain't your regular glowy thing. That's this true. is a special glowy thing." On the but, topic of the phosphor, I really liked uh, the fact that they're all themed to each. Like the the Barrens is the blue phosphor, the Glen is the green phosphor, and the Refuge is the red phosphor, and then the yellow is like the special one. It's almost like the um. Eco. The eco, yeah, from Jack. Boom. <laughs> you, you and I on the exact same level there. Um, yeah, so now that Jack and Dexter has made an appearance in both of our episodes so far, I'm going to definitely mention it in next week's somehow. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. We'll get, we'll get in there. Uh, so the last area was the refuge. Hang on. Before oh, yeah, we move on from the glen, because this is also a part of a puzzle, yes. the spirit of the glen Oh, the uh, yeah. plant person. Yeah. Maze, I think her name was. Yes. Maze, like corn. Uh, <laughs> she, I thought that was like, it was one of those circumstances where, like, she meant nothing to Nico or you when you first meet her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the game requires it of you, like, for her to be a player because the vines are blocking the doorways and stuff. Hmm. So, I, yeah, there was just a couple of these instances where I didn't feel like it was n- fully seamless coming yeah. across particular things. I felt like you have to go all your way out of your way to find her. Like, she's quite far away from the stuff you're having to do. You walk through, yeah. like, a long corridor, and then you finally interact with her, and she takes the sun. I think what it kind of, like, it, it seems... Now, it could just be because it is written... But the whole idea of this world is that it's, you know, it has been made up um, in, in, in its own narrative. In the game's narrative, this world has been created. And so it kind of seems like it's purposefully kind of like, is it sci-fi? Or is it is it a fantasy world where we have tree spirits? Is this the nature spirit for the whole world and universe? Or is this just the nature spirit of this small town? Like... I don't feel like that was really explicitly state like given out. Mm. Yeah, and that, it was a little um, tenuous. But that made it seem more flat to me than um, you know, three D and living and thriving world. But what I thought you were going to say was, and 
that with Maze, you only care... So once you're done with the Glen, this is a bit of a segue, I thought what you did after the Glen was you took her corn, Colonel, and you had to resurrect her. I thought that was the main plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the interesting thing is, is that... um, you doing all of that to kind of resurrect her, that is nothing in the universe made you do that. You decided, oh, this is, this is that water, that, um, that pill that makes water last forever or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go take that up to the corn. Yeah, I was expecting, like, I was like, I kept going back. Like, before yeah. I went in the elevator, I was like, oh, I'll go back and check as if it's grown. No, yeah. okay. And then, like, as I was getting close to the end, I'm like, oh, I, I want to go back and check, but... Like, have I forgotten something? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, um, I had forgotten something. I couldn't do that puzzle. Why is that? I never collected anything that could hold water. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Because, yeah, there was no... There was no reason... There was nothing clearly obvious to me to get some to get a water vessel. I think you're not thinking up- that in the Glen. Yeah, you pick it up from a robot in the Glen that doing they're doing like water testing. He's like, "Oh, I've got a free sample." Yeah, that's yeah. it. I did not meet him. Yeah, mm. because is... I I found I guess the critical path and was mm. doing all to do with that. And then when I'm in refuge and getting things like the water pill, it's like I what am, what do I do? I was missing things and couldn't understand. Yeah. So I didn't feel like it was the main plot because I was like, ah, this must require multiple playthroughs. I've missed something. But I don't think it has any... I don't think she comes back at all. Like, okay, so this game has the the, the NG plus mode, the new game plus mode, essentially. And most of everything that you in, else in the game that you leave behind, for example, the mines and the interaction you have with, I think, is, is it Silver um civil something sure why not uh the the the, the robot in the barrens mm. uh and you're like oh there's something in the mines but you have to leave it behind because you're moving onto the glen but that gets resolved uh, in ng plus this never gets resolved it's i mean just... it gets resolved in the credits so immediately after finishing the game i don't know um if you need to pick a specific ending um, but when you finish the game and you've done everything right, you can see that she's been reborn. Oh, okay. So in mine, it wouldn't have been and, there. and so, again, that's another achievement that's not necessary to the plot, I suppose. But maybe they'll update the game again. Yeah. Maybe. Plantstus. Well, because Solstice is... you got the winter solstice. They could call it, like, Ooh, Harvest Moon or something. Summer, summer the solstice. Equinox. They've already had Equinox. They've had Equinox Solstice. What was the Equinox? Um, that was a previous update. I don't know what was in it because okay. I wasn't here there yet. I wasn't. I wasn't tamed at that point. Oh yeah, but the, and the taming as well that no one ever explains. It's kind yeah. of explained. Yeah. Should we just kind of jump? No, don't ahead? jump yet. You can't <laughs> jump. Because the closer we get to the end, the more about NG Plus is important, I, I guess. Yeah, so that's um, why we should wait for NG Plus. Okay, well then... And that's when Michael about... will just be quiet. And then we're in The Refuge. Yes. Okay, the, the Refuge. Um, I thought this was when the game got its legs, and if he if there's a sequel to be made, I feel like it should just kind of be in... Like, I know the rest of the world was good, but I really felt that this is where it kind of felt the, the best. best yeah, yeah. So, yeah i don't agree with that <laughs> <gasps> i thought that a lower refuge vendor street and things like that was better upper refuge i thought was a bit tedious oh yeah no i i'm talking about refuge as a whole um so but then, that yeah, includes there's lower. a particular puz- puzzle down in lower refuge that i think is a pretty terrible puzzle and games shouldn't do it which one's that one? That's the five lights that keep resetting. Oh, yeah. Like the mastermind game. Yes. Kind of thing. That's a puzzle based purely on patience and getting enough right in the first go on random. Mm. If you don't have enough clues to begin with, if you get them all wrong to begin with, you've wasted a turn. Yeah. And then you're just trying and then it eventually changes. It not does it just reset the lights. It resets what the lights need to be. Yeah. 
And it's like, that's not a very good puzzle. That's just relying yeah, on repetition and patience. Yeah, that's not a very good one. I think that's kind of... I thought that there was a specific code because he, he even says, like, well, maybe if you look around, you'll find something. And you look around, and then you find a piece of paper, and the piece of paper says something like, hey, just, just like, keep trying, okay? <laughs> just like, keep going. You, you can do it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get, like, kicked out if I failed it three yeah. times or something. It's just like... Um, because of what the game does, it goes into your computer. I was scared that if I failed, it was like, now deleting system 32. Um, but I saw a picture on Reddit, and the, someone's code was all five lights, the same color. <laughs> That's a possibility. It just, yeah, I thought it was, it was doing so many clever puzzles. That one, they were just like, uh, how about this? So... Um... Yeah, we progress through the, the refuge, we go down. Oh, so the meta puzzle in this one was... Uh, Closing. Like I, had to, I had to get a few uh, hints from uh, the entity before... Uh, I, before I, I loved cleared. annoying the computer in the game. It was very funny. It comes very like... Um, what's the word? Very like jaded or sassy. And, mm. Yeah. See, I came across the, the room for the puzzle first. So as soon as he said it, or the entity said it. I was like, got it. I got it. Good. So we so we progress through off through the refuge and we get to like towards the end. So should we talk about the tower? Going into the tower. Um like the puzzle where you opened up another application and it blocked yeah. so so there was a multiple path and it blocked the wrong paths. Just trying to do the correct path. Okay. Um at the start that was good, and then like three parts later, it was boring and tedious as all heck. Okay, um, so it was just to convey the notes, though. Yeah, it was boring. It could have put more on each note. There wasn't enough words. It was like mm. half a sentence, go through a door. Half a sentence, go through a door. Or it, it could have also been more interesting, like um, you know, the notes give half the puzzle. The game world gives another bit of the puzzle, but then you need to figure out the rest, whereas otherwise it's just like, here it is, go through this door. Um, so for that one, did you? So I'm not sure if this is just my computer, but were you able to keep playing the game with the thing over, or did you have to put it over, figure out which door, put, move it back, move Nico, like yeah, go back I had, and forth? I had to do it like that. Okay. Yeah, you had to go back and forth. Well, I didn't figure that even that out to start with and i was just looking at like the thing and being like why is there weird cutouts and i'm like maybe just they're just <laughs> moving in that direction and then after a while i noticed the um clovers and i was like yeah oh i'm such an idiot so i spent way too long on the door section just kind of guessing like later on when it was a little like there were six doors i'm like why there's so many doors <laughs> see i yeah i didn't have that problem because i'm clever so i guess sorry it's cleverer than i so we send the tower the, the final decision comes about. What did you guys choose? Hang on, before we did... I had talked about it earlier, just quickly, uh, because it's to do with this choice. I mentioned earlier that just before you go into the tower, you have to go back to Upper Refuge, mm -hmm. and you go to the cafe to eat pancakes. Mm. Yeah. And I felt that was, like, like really forced. Yeah. And going, like, I'm hungry, can we go back? Yeah, pancakes like, at the cafe. I was like, but... You're nearly free. <laughs> but it's right there. Like, come on. And so we go back. And so this final choice, do we allow Nico to leave or do we save the world? Because that's what the stakes are. And the yeah. game has done its hardest to make you love little Nico. Did you, I, did you love him? I, <laughs> I, I, I saved the world. Really? I saved the world. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I must be the only one who saved Nico. I did think about it for a bit, like for ten minutes. I was like, "Oh, dang! What do I do?" And then I like, I kind of realized Nico's purpose was to save this world. Um, like I he has the yellow eyes. Yeah. Like if he didn't save the world, then he's gonna first of all spend the rest of his life guilty as heck. But also, just like he's that's his purpose. That's his point was to save the world. So if he doesn't save the world, then he's failed. I feel it's also the the classic moral dilemma of, is it the one or the many? Yeah. 
that's what they're going for. But I, th- I think the game really wants you to go for the one. Yeah, I, I, it did a good job to me. I don't know if it's because I'm more emotional or something, but it did a good job of connecting me to Nico. And I was like, I was like, basically thinking to myself, well, the world doesn't actually exist, so these people don't actually exist. Nico's the one. But who some of them do I, actually. I think exist. they do exist. I think. Because it's that battle between the entity and the game. Mm. And I think that the game is lying. The people within the game are real and do need saving. And Nico <laughs> can save them. Well, this, this goes on to the next But some uh, of, yeah, so some of, of them game. are real, but some of them aren't. So, um, and that's what I was thinking. So with, with the new game plus, um, you know... First of all, this is so bizarre because the entire thing is scripted. Nico isn't real. That's my thing, is that it's he's just a video game. So, like, you can get yourself all immersed into this, but then, and you're like, oh, I'm so, like, he's real and he's safe after New Game Plus, he's real. But he's fake. And everything is fake. Everything is just, like, and it's funny that they say, you know, oh, I'm only programmed to say this. And it's like, true, but Nico is only programmed to say his thing as well. And that just kind of... You know, it, I so feel like if it went a little a bit level. further, yeah, you know, as the god of this, you kind of sit back and you're like, hang on a minute. None of this is, uh, the stakes are real. Even though, so in New Game Plus, uh, you do go into that cave and you do find, um, you find the this, world engine. Yeah, the world engine. You find the p- real profit bot. So the profit bot that you meet in the beginning of the real game, or in the first game, I should say, um, is just a copy that's not tamed. And then you meet the tamed version of him. And he's like, yo, what up? Like, welcome to behind the, like, this is behind the curtain. Um, the entity cannot actually see this um, oh. because it's behind the curtain. And then you kind of go off the grid. Um, you basically, you skip the Baron, then you skip the Glen. And it's a lot quicker, and it's a lot more linear. And to be honest, this new game plus, while good, because basically it says it, you, you do free Nico, because he, had, like, he hadn't really been freed. It was all made up from the entity. Um, because... You can just delete the save data, which is like in itself, which is a puzzle. Um, you can delete the save data and start again, but there's hidden save data somewhere that remembers and it, and the entity goes like does its thing, and it's like, hang on a second, haven't we done this before? Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I, I must have got emotionally invested in this game because. That when the entity started getting really hostile about you going off grid in the mines, and I don't know if it does it in in the Glen, but I like legitimately started like being really fearful that it's going to like do something to, like to uh, the computer, yeah. yeah, do something malicious and like do a like a pop up that's that like jump scares you or something. Um, yeah, that would have been great actually. But in the no. end, the puzzles <laughs> that it does in the new game plus ruined it for me like really? changed this from a fantastic game to a bad well, to an okay one because well not an okay one a good one change a fantastic game into a good one because it had this whole like ooh mysterious where do you find documents but in new game plus literally when you open up the computer it just says documents and then you think okay well I'll go to my documents and I'll see the code and then in that new file that it's placed it's not even like the first document that it places. It says, um, you know, hi, my name is and you got a and like the code is, you know, but in New Game Plus, it just goes, you know, one, two, three, four. Like there's no flavor text to it. It's just done. And it's like, well, because it's saying like that that document is being redacted by the game. Well, no, it's, it's, I think what it's trying to do is it's trying to go like, aha, like you already know it. So let's cut to the chase. Kind of. It could be the entity being like, look, you're, you're screwing with me now because you've gone off the grid. Yeah. 
here's like just go to the documents do this bit and move on mm. but i think what it should have done is actually you know made it more enhanced it's like no i'm not gonna make it that easy documents are easy um you know and then something about sound and then it's in my music instead that, like that's you know, what i wanted more of in the game was more of the meta puzzles and um, i f- i just feel like that the solstice update changed it from something that kind of seemed no it changed it from a puzzle game to just a pure role playing um you know meeting three new characters that it expects you to get emotionally attached to yeah. even though this new game plus mode goes takes about an hour and a half yeah it did run too too fast for me to care about the character those three characters the only character part of me is happy i didn't go beyond the vanilla game now from your thoughts it's a good experience and it gives more to the world and you do get to because if you when you start the new game plus um and in the vanilla when you start new game plus in vanilla um it basically reveals that you know nico is stuck in this loop and the entity has got him stuck in this loop or her. We don't know what gender Nico actually he's is. He's a boy. He says no. that. Does he? Yeah. He says he's not a cat. <laughs> no, he goes, I'm not a cat, I'm a boy. Well, Tumblr and Reddit disagree with you. I'm pretty sure he says that. That's that's a good point. I might look that up. Anyway. Ow, I just hit my hand on the microphone. <laughs> Solid. Um, yeah, so that to me was kind of, kind of was a bit of a downer when, you know, this could have made it better. It expanded on the world. It gave you some characters that didn't exist until the update when it could have made old characters relevant more so. Maybe George, a seventh side of George. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I quite liked the Solstice stuff. It, like, it, felt, it felt, you know, like in Portal when you start to break out of uh, the actual puzzles and you get into behind the scenes. It was like that. It was like... I'm get like firstly it was like I'm answering questions from the first run I didn't uh I didn't get to answer which was the mines and then the boat bit and all these things that um were left open which I think the game did really well to intrigue you to go maybe there must be more like to mm. make you come back to it cuz okay when I I don't know what happens in your when you kill the world but when you when you save sorry when you save the world when you save Nico uh, firstly he does this great like he walks towards oh, off, off the, the screen. screen and he yeah. walks onto your he, desktop and off and that was great yeah. um but he um it makes you go like there must be more so you keep looking you know you go back into your documents and you find out more and i like the fact that it kind of resolves the whole do you choose the world or do you choose nico it it goes like everyone has i guess the good ending yes yeah. everyone's happy everyone's released and then you can even play the game again using the entity you tame the entity because you love the entity in the end um, via playing the game again and again um, you're showing the entity that you love it thus taming it and then it can play the game using memories again so overall uh, uh, do you have any last comments no that's I I was just kind of summarizing what it was and in my summary uh, I left out very little which just goes to show how much how linear it was from my perspective so overall um i guess we we, most of us finished the game so i I guess the question is if there was an update or if you could play it again would you if there was an update i'll definitely crack it back open but um i'm not gonna i've got three achievements left and i'm not gonna bother with them i will probably look at the solstice because i didn't complete the solstice but because I think, yeah, from what you guys have discussed now, I want I want that information. But a part of me is also happy, having heard you talk about it, the vanilla experience by itself still stands up. It's almost like the game give, can give you two different messages. Yeah. yeah. The vanilla game is a great game in itself, and I feel the solstice adds to it. Um, it adds to the lore, definitely. I think the gameplay is where it falls short. Yeah, it, fin- it kind of wraps the story, but doesn't expand upon any um, puzzles Game- and, and, and gameplay. Yeah, those elements were f- just nothing. All right, so that's one shot. That's our discussion, our roundtable about one shot. Uh, 
Now, my, uh, Matt chose the first game. Well, in the first episode, I've chosen one shot. Michael gets to choose the game we're playing for the next two Hello. weeks. Hello. <laughs> what will you be choosing for us? I know you've been having a moral dilemma over it. I think I'm going to go with what I jumped at initially, and that is L.A. Noir, <laughs> the oh, yes. detective game. It's a, it's a bit of an adventure game. It's kind of, well, look at this, but it's it tries to be a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades at times. It's a detective game, an adventure game. It tries to also be a shooter and a driver because Rockstar. Yeah. The reason I've chosen it, I'll tell you this now, we're an Australian podcast, and Australia hasn't done heaps of video games, but we did L.A. Noir, And we, quote, unquote, did. No, and it did, did kill the studio that made it. So. But the people who ran the studio killed their own studio. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so Australians might not be very good at running studios, but we make a pretty good game because I like L.A. Noir. I think you- it's a, I think it's a curiosity and very unique, and that's why we should play it. Particularly you, Matt, because you haven't played it before. Yes, that's right. And you know what? I am so ecstatic because I have not even read any Wikipedia articles of the story or anything. Like, I have other games that I've gone, ah, I missed out, so I'm going to read it. I haven't, I don't know anything about L.A. Noir, and I'm so excited. That's, that's good because, like, it's, it's, it's story driven. I'm keen to get back into it. I, I, much like Banjo-Kazooie, I guess, and I, a lot of other games like I play, I've played years ago, I had thoughts about them then, and I'm interested to see if those thoughts hold up uh, over the years. Yeah, that's why I'd like to pick it back up, because I have such fond memories of it. I've like gone on to read more about it, and I guess I've read things that challenge my previous thoughts. So it's worth exploring now, because I was only a teenager back then, and I guess in that I didn't have much money. I got that game, was very excited to play it, played it from start to finish, and then was like, oh my god, that was amazing. Time to, like, think about it again. And then you lent it to me, but it didn't work, so I haven't no. played it, and I don't know anything about it. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to play it, and viewers, you should be excited as well, because that's what this is. We, we all go play. Yeah. Not, not just play us it. three. You, yeah. Right now, jo- Steam, do it. <laughs> I want you to join us in the discussion. If you want to talk about one shot, you can do that. Uh, so, LNY is the game we're doing for the next two weeks. And what we'd like to bring to you, the people, is uh, instead of having us choose the games on repeat every every week, uh, let's give you the chance to show us some of the games you love and you'd like us to discuss. Um, if you're listening to this, and we'll put it up on the Facebook Suggest some games to us. Give it a thumbs up if you agree with someone else's and we'll probably go with the one that has the most likes or is the best suggestion and we'll do that in the episode after next. Except straight up, if you say Banjo-Tooie, we're probably going to... We'll we'll pass. We'll at least, you know, give it time to ferment at least. I think also with L.A. Noir, and this might be a good idea for people who want to suggest games as well, uh, we are the podcast for The Busy Gamer. And L.A. Noir is reasonably long. We always encourage you to go as far as you can in the game. Um, I personally would like to see the first, the first two discs in the game completed, um, just because of the length. So if you'd like to suggest something that's kind of long, but you know a point that you'd like us to get to, keep that in, that in mind as well. Like if you said Mass Effect... All yeah, three. That's, uh, that's a bit different. <laughs> all three Mass Effects <laughs> in two with weeks. all relationships fulfilled, all the planets mined. 100% Renegade. <laughs> no. So that, that's the podcast, guys. Thanks for uh, coming out and having a listen. Thanks uh, for giving us one shot. Thanks for coming out. We're not live. <laughs> we Thank be. you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. I'll put a huge reverb on the Thanks voices. for downloading us or streaming us or... Just listening. Uh, if you've got any comments, if you have, have played One Shot, talk about it. Give us a comment and uh, let us know your thoughts on what we think. We can bring that up in the next episode. Uh, you'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us now on iTunes, which is super exciting. Where, where else can they find us? SoundCloud is the, is the main. Uh, and Twitter. Uh, we do have a tweet. We have a Twitter. We have an email. Yes, we do have an email, which is we- just the Game Club Podcast, which is all one word at gmail.com. If, if anyone cares. <laughs> <laughs> so people still use emails. 
I do find that podcasts use emails more um, yeah. often. But uh, also, what I was going to say was for like for Elenoir and for all future games. Um, so you can post discussions about one shot, of course. Uh, we're happy to talk about it. Uh, but for Elenoir, you can post up in the next two weeks if if our fan base, you know, suddenly grows and we have enough, you know, people to do this. If you want to post stuff about uh, Noir or other games that we are playing at the time. Feel free to, but try to avoid story spoilers because mm, that's because you know you could spoil it for us. That's true. Michael wouldn't care, but I would be like, "Damn!" It I turns care. out that Jimmy was the noir the whole time. Oh, Jimmy! <laughs> God damn it, Jimmy! So thank you to, for listening to the Game w- Club podcast, the podcast for the busy gamer. I was Matt. Matt, th- thanks for coming. I'm happy to. Adrian? My pleasure as always. And I've been Michael. And you've been our fantastic listeners. Have a good fortnight.